Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg. Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here with another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. Has airline service become an oxymoron? Some might emphatically argue that the question is rhetorical. I'll speak with Zach Griff from The Points Guy to find out how bad it's getting and perhaps some solutions. Then we'll check in with Larry Kukulik, the CEO of Best Western Hotels, one of the largest hotel companies on the planet, on changes in traveler behavior and whether the era of high hotel room prices may actually be waning. And then, when was the last time you tried to enter an airline airport VIP lounge? Was there a long line to get in? I bet there was. It sort of defeats the purpose of why you join an airline lounge in the first place. Now, get ready for the lounge wars, as major banks and credit card companies open their own airport lounges for cardholders. American Express, Citibank, and Capital One have already opened lounges, and now Chase has jumped in. I'll speak with Dana Powells, who runs the lounge program for Chase, on why these new lounges are needed, who gets to use them, and how much they're going to cost you. First up, from the Point Sky, Zach Griff. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects. But there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone, and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next, because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. 
Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. How are you, Zach? Hey, Peter. Great to speak to you. How you doing today? Okay, well, today you and I are both on the ground somewhere, but we've both been in the air. It hasn't been fun. I have not been... And I'm being honest here, I've not been on a flight over my last eight flights that was either on time leaving, on time taking off, on time landing, or on time even getting to the gate. It's a mess. Oh, I'm I'm with you there. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why for much of this summer, I try to plan my trips as much as I can during the week, away from the weekends, because, I mean, it's really been a disaster. Um, you know, certainly every afternoon as thunderstorms, you know, roll in and create these domino effects across, you know, entire airline networks. Right. And even forgetting the weather, um, I mean, which we, you know, we talk about thunderstorms, there's also unprecedented skyrocketing temperatures and heat affects airlift. And we're seeing time and time again, not just in high altitude cities like Denver, but we're seeing time and time again, airlines that are fully booked. We know the planes are all full. Uh, pushing back from the gate and then realizing that the temperature has now affected lift based on their fuel load, their weight, and their passengers. Something's got to give, and they have to deplane passengers to lighten the load or they can't take off. Yeah, it's it's funny enough. uh, I actually just had a friend who was flying from Houston during one of their super hot days uh, over there, and they were offering up to $2,000 in a voucher because – all the flights were sold out that day. They had to, you know, for weight and balance, uh, move people around and lighten up the load on the plane. And, and they couldn't get anyone because the next flight to be reaccommodated on wasn't for three more days. So the vouchers went up to 2000. Finally, they found someone who was willing to take the voucher. That person uh, who I was helping, they ended up rebooking a ticket with a different airline that had available seats. But, I mean, it's really wild times out there right now. And we saw the story that happened on the Delta Airlines flight out of Las Vegas, uh, where they were kept on the tarmac for almost four hours in 100-plus degree weather. Uh, And what what compounded the problem, of course, was that the airline or the aircraft, they didn't turn on the uh, the air conditioning. They didn't turn on the vents. Um, And one of the... Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's... you know, a lot of times what happens there is, you know, the APU, you know, kind of an auxiliary power unit when, you know, planes are all on the gate, they're usually plugged in. Um, you know, if that's not working, then they kind of have this smaller engine in the back that they can you know, run and turn on air conditioning. And then sometimes that fails and you know, they're on the ground and they need to you know, off the gate, have to turn on an engine. I mean, there's so much complication out there. Uh, and even under the best conditions, even when the plane's working perfectly, engines are on, you know, air conditioning, you know, it really, it takes a while. I mean, you know, you and I have been there. You, you know what it's like when you board a plane and, you know, whether it's in South Florida or Las Vegas or whatnot during the summer. And, you know, it, it's boiling inside. It is. And, of course, one of the reasons why the APU is not turned on is it burns fuel. And if you're doing weight and balance with lift issues with temperature, 
If you burn more fuel while you're waiting to take off, you can take off, but you may not be able to get to your destination without the alternate amount of fuel you'll need if you have to divert. And therefore, they're doing everything they can to conserve the fuel. In the meantime, passengers are passing out and having medical emergencies. As, 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 as really a lot of us warned, and I'm sure you, know, you everyone's been reading the stories, right? And this, this summer is really proving to be uh, you know, a, a big challenge for airlines and certainly not necessarily a fun travel experience for passengers who are out there right now. Exactly. So let's look ahead because, you know, we're not that far away from Labor Day. And that, you know, I, I, I kind of laugh a little bit, Zach, because we, we've always been trained to think seasonally, right? You know, hey, we've got Memorial Day weekend and AAA tells you how many people are going to be on the road and flying. Or we have, you know, July 4th or we have Labor Day. To tell you the truth, I don't think there's any seasonality left anymore. Every plane is full. It's not about the last big day of summer. But since people still book their trips that way, how is it going to get any better after Labor Day? I guess that's the question I need to ask. Yeah, well, you know, I think that the one thing that's been the particularly challenging this summer, and we, you know, I've experienced this, I'm sure you have too, when things go wrong, getting uh, reaccommodated. So you know, your flight's delayed or canceled and, you, know, you really have to get somewhere. Uh, it's taking airlines longer than ever to get you reaccommodated. And largely that's because the flights are, are just sold out. So, you know, your flight on Tuesday is canceled, uh, but then every flight sold out until Saturday. Well, then you're not going to get that spare seat until Saturday. And of course that, that ends up, you know, really ruining people's trips and holiday plans and things. Um, one of the nice things though, right, about the post Labor Day uh, is yes, demand is still there and people are still traveling, but it definitely takes a dip. And even if it's a slight dip and it's not as high of a dip as it may have been in 2019 or, or, or before, um, that's enough to put a little bit more buffer, hopefully, in the system, such that if things do go wrong, whether it's weather, temperature, uh, staffing shortage, whatever issue you know, arises could be a brand new issue. At least there are uh, hopefully going to be some more seats out there for reaccommodation. So, so that if in the case that, 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 that you are delayed or canceled, you know, it doesn't take those three or four or five days to get on your way. What a pleasant thought. <laughs> but let me ask another question because we're dealing with fares that are, I won't say are historic highs, but they're pretty high. Uh, hotel rates that are nearly historic highs. Uh, do you see any softness in, in, in the airfares? Are they going to come down? I don't think that these current high airfares are sustainable. Do you? No, absolutely not. And, you know, even just just over the last few days uh, and weeks, we've had you know airlines starting to report their earnings. Um, you know, kind of for for, for their next for, for their most recent quarter. And what we're hearing on some of them, especially from from airlines like Alaska, is there's there's been a little bit of talk around softness in bookings and how you know, maybe the fares that are out there right now aren't sustainable forever. Um, which is certainly good news for travelers because, you know, this summer has, has truly been, been, been sky high fares and packed planes. Um, and you know, certainly during seasons like, you know, mid January, February, if business travel is not fully back, the airlines are absolutely going to need to discount their fares uh, to get people flying. Exactly. And you know what? I'm seeing some of that softness now uh, after September 8th. We're seeing some fares, especially to Europe, start to come down, which they've been so high. I mean, you know, round trip from New York to London at $2,300 in coach. Are you kidding me? Um, they're now running at about $1,500, $1,600. That's still pretty outrageous. I remember when they were seven or $800, and I thought that was high. 
but we're now starting to see the fares come down after September 8th on some of these routes to as low as like $480 round trip from New York, which is much more reasonable. And I hope they can. Not sure. just that. Yeah. And I mean, not just that, though. I mean, and, and this is something I've been trying to tell people for a while is actually Europe during this. I mean, if you're flexible, you know, assuming your kids are or yeah, whatever the situation is, if you are flexible, Europe in September, October. I mean, that's a great time to be there. It's cooler. You're not dealing with these historically, you know, these, these crazy high temperatures. You're going to get better rates on your hotels and things. I mean, it's, it's a really it's a really good option. And not to mention the fact that you're not going to be standing in long lines to just stand in another long line in Europe. I mean, the, the, yeah, exactly. The, the number of, of Americans in Europe right now is outrageous, um, and it's it's crazy. And you know, my definition yeah. of having a great of a great trip is not to go see all the people I'm trying to get away from. <laughs> so, I mean, September is a magic month; it always has been, and particularly this year, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, no, I, I, I was just in Rome, uh, middle July, and oh my God, aside from the heat, I, I didn't hear any Italian. I mean, it was English. Everyone was just, it was all as if I took my community of Americans who live near me and just transported them all. We all paid high fares, we all paid high hotel rates, and we all just spoke to each other and, and you know, waited in line together for all the big attractions. My thanks to Zach. Now, you might have noticed that while commercial office real estate has become a troubled business. Hotel companies are opening new hotels almost every day, and I'm not exaggerating. Larry Kukulik, CEO of Best Western, has a look at changing traveler behavior, as well as the building numbers that might surprise you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Graduation is a sweet occasion, but finding the perfect gift can be a bitter struggle. MMS.com has a solution personalized M&Ms. Just imagine the look on your grad's face when they receive a custom candy creation featuring their school's colors, name, and even their photo printed right on some M&Ms. It's a thoughtful way to celebrate their accomplishments and make the occasion even more special. Visit MMS.com to create your own personalized gifts and party favors for graduations, weddings, birthdays, and more. That's MMS.com. Use code WONDERY to receive 15% off your next order. Larry, welcome back. Thank you, Peter. It's my absolute privilege to be invited back. Well, that's okay. And, and, and there won't be any mini bar charges either. So I think we're good. But it, all kidding aside, you know, you have, what, 19 separate brands um, and probably about to add a few more. Uh, part of your strategy, part of every hotel strategy, regardless of the pandemic or the economy, is growth and adding new uh, properties or new brands. Uh, but we're seeing something, maybe you're seeing it as well. I think you're seeing it as well. Uh, unprecedented uh, stability and unprecedented growth. You know, we're just three years ago, we were dealing with, you know, a few thousand hotels that were in technical foreclosure and some that actually did close. How quickly times would change, yes? No, absolutely. Um, the industry is doing tremendously well. There was this discussion of pent-up demand in 2022, and, and that certainly occurred. Um, but we see that 
sustaining through 2023 and actually growing. Um, you know, the hotels are, are doing very, very well. People love to travel for uh, new experiences, to visit family, to, uh, to enjoy life. And I think that's a lesson learned from the pandemic. So I think it, it's, I don't call it pent up demand. I call it this um, desire to travel that people realize is important to them. Well, I would also guess, and tell me if you think I'm, I'm wrong on this, but we've changed our lifestyle. It used to be, where are you going next summer? Now it's, where are you going next week? Or where are you going this week? Uh, there, there may be seasonality evaporating here because people have made a conscious choice that instead of buying a lot of material goods or a new car or new clothing, new jewelry, new electronic items, they want to buy experiences and that's part and parcel of travel. It absolutely is. We do see um, a shortening of, I'll call it the window of booking. People are um, not feeling compelled to make um, plans as far out in the future. And I'm not sure if this is true, so you can dispute this one with me, Peter. But I think employees that we now allow to work remotely have that freedom. They feel a freedom of choice with regard to travel. Um, because they recognize that they're working remotely, they can travel two or three or weeks, uh, two or three weeks from now, and um, where they're sitting doesn't matter as much anymore. And so they can make those decisions near term. Well, you know, we've gone from working at the office to working from home to working from anywhere. And I'm assuming many of your hotels have adjusted to that, knowing that they're not just going to be a place where people sleep, but it's also now, uh, for some of them, a work environment. It absolutely is. Um, that's one of the things we focused on several years ago was Wi-Fi in the hotels. And we didn't realize why we were doing it other than people wanted quality Wi-Fi. But hotels have to provide that, I'll call it um, transparent Wi-Fi experience, because there is a demand for bandwidth in hotels now for just that reason, Peter. And, and it has to be good. <laughs> And, and of course, oh, it, 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 yes, sir. you know, while the hotels are booming, while your development pipeline is booming, of course, the one area that nobody wants to be involved in in the business anymore is commercial office real estate. You're seeing downtown areas in many cities look like ghost towns and remain as ghost towns. Uh, not every building can be converted into residential or for your purposes as hotels. So you're seeing people who may have traveled maybe once or twice a year now traveling eight or nine times a year because they can and because they can work from anywhere. So that has to have an impact on how you position your hotels as well. You're absolutely correct. And additionally, what we also see a lift in is I'll call it business group travel. So as companies allow for more of a remote workforce, not at, I'll call it the headquarters hub, they still have to bring the teams together on occasion, which is business travel. So there's this new reason for business travel, which is bringing the team together because it may be a remote workforce that's now spread across North America or even internationally. And now you have this demand for travel that really never existed before. Wow. And now you have to adjust to that. Uh, and then of course there's the hotel rates themselves during, you know, Last year, 
and even into this year, we found a, a Motel 6 in Santa Barbara that was getting $413 a night for a room. That's leaving a lot of lights on for us. <laughs> but, but I mean, <laughs> that's, that's something I don't think you would have ever expected to see, that kind of a rate. I, I would not have expected that kind of a rate in that segment. It may have been tied to an event as well in that community that created that, that demand uh, and, and occupancy that may have been super high because of something occurring in that community. Um, it, it probably was an extraordinary event, not just because you were in town, Peter, but oh, no, that no. may have played a role in it. <laughs> no, I hope not. I don't want to be responsible for the needle moving in that direction. Uh, but in terms of rates, though, every hotel company that I know is experiencing, you know, some of the highest rates in history. And, and for the moment, they seem to be sustained. It, it is uh, something that we are seeing. Um, and you know, it, it somehow ties, I think, uh, to inflation because hoteliers are feeling that impact just like consumers are. So it's almost as if both sides understand um, what's happening in the overall economy um, and that operational costs of hotels are going up just as consumer costs are going up. And so I think there's consumers are understanding, I think, in that regard. But again, when you have tremendously strong occupancy, um, rate management tells you you should push rate. and But, but push rate to a fair amount, exactly. if that makes sense as well. I, I hope it makes sense. You know, you've got 19 different brands. You've got approximately 4,500 hotels. That's a lot of rooms. But the little secret about Best Western, which I'd love to share with the audience, is that outside the U.S., the, the, the image that you may have of, of a Best Western hotel as a, like a mid-rate hotel, or in terms of, of, the, of the rate that you're getting, I've been to some Best Western hotels overseas that are castles, that are chateaus, that are palaces. They just happen to have the Best Western sign on the door. You're absolutely correct. And so we do have, I'll call it those historic hotels. But, but I can tell you, if you're going to be in Frankfurt and uh, you need to stay at the Frankfurt airport, uh, there's a hotel um, that, that we have. Uh, it's called the B-Mine Hotel. And the B-Mine Hotel is recently opened. It's very modern, very upscale. Um, and you could rent a room, believe it or not, where you uh, take your car on an elevator and you take it up to the eighth floor and you park your car outside the window of your eighth floor room. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's different. It's unique. And that's what's so terrific about Best Western and our World Hotels brand. Um, it, uh, you have these very unique hotels that provide an experience. And it leads back to what you were talking about, Peter, which was people want to travel for experiences. That's what our hotels can provide is that unique experience. Of course, in that Frankfurt hotel example you just gave me, if the hotel is totally oversold, I guess I could just sleep in my car. Just kidding, Larry. Uh, but, <laughs> but the, uh, no, the, 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 the car goes with the room. I know, I know, but I had to say it, but in any case, uh, I know, but the bottom line is we now have more options uh, when you have 19 brands, of course, you have to differentiate them. 
but the but the good news is you're adding rooms all the time, just like Hilton and Marriott, and uh, and of course that gets down to choice. It'll be interesting to see if all those roommates can be sustained, but for the moment it looks like they can. My thanks to Larry. Now get ready for the airport lounge wars. It's not just the airlines offering their passengers admission to their clubs for a fee. Banks and credit card companies have declared war and are moving fast to open their own. Dana Powells, who runs the new lounge program for J.P. Morgan Chase, has a report from the front. How are you, Dana? I'm good. How are you, Peter? Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. So so right now, if, if I'm doing my homework, American Express went out there. They were the first card, I think, to do it of a, of a major credit card company. They did the Centurion Clubs, and they're still opening those. We now have Capital One doing them, and now Chase is doing them. You're doing the Chase Sapphire Lounges, right? That's correct. We just opened our first Chase Sapphire Lounge for the club uh, in the U.S. in Boston last month. And how big is the line? <laughs> how big is the line? Well, I, you know, the lounge uh, is around 12,000 square feet, right? So That's we big. really think about, yeah, it's, it's a large size, so... We really think about planning to have uh, sufficient space for our customers, um, and we, we rarely have a line um, to get in, so that's good. <laughs> so far, so good. I mean, I guess I guess the whole idea is if you're a Chase card holder and you have many of them, like, like what, 30 million of them, all of whom are addicted to travel, I know this, I'm one of them, um, you know, it, it's an opportunity for you to, of course, extend your brand, but also actually give them a place where they maybe don't have to stand in line. That's absolutely right. So it's absolutely right. So the lounge is available to our Chase Sapphire Reserve customers. Um, and it is absolutely right. We're looking for a space for them to have a respite and a little bit of oasis in their travel journey. Now, you have to have a card, right? That's that's a prerequisite. Got that part. Uh, is there a membership in the lounge or just, is it part of your membership in the card? This is a complimentary benefit for our customers. Okay. So here's my stupid devil's advocate question. If I go back to many of the air, of the airline lounges that exist now, and even some of the uh, the, the third party lounges like Priority Pass, when you go in there, uh, there's like really bad hummus and some old carrots, um, and <laughs> you're laughing because you've been in there. You know what I'm talking about. So, so my question is, what are you doing to up the game? That's a great question. So you know, I think as as people have started traveling and, and experienced different airline lounges, expectations have risen, and, and we really think that we are rising to the occasion as well. So in Boston specifically, we are partnering with a local chef that is from the Boston area, Chef Douglas Williams, who's helping us to curate that menu and really provide a variety of uh, delicious food for our customers to enjoy. So you'll have a little bit more than the hummus and carrots that you referenced. Is that your branding message now? More than hummus and carrots? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, right? Okay, I'll take it. Now, the other thing that, that I've noticed, and I, I, I've had an American Express card for like, you don't want to know how long is I've tried to go to the American Express Centurion Lounge where they have them for the last, like, eight months. I, a, I can't get in, and B, when I've tried to get in, the very first thing they tell me is, oh, you can only stay an hour and a half. So they're already having capacity issues. What have you built into your plan to try to avoid that? So it really starts with when we when we look at each location, where possible, um, as I mentioned, Boston's about 12,000 square feet. The goal is really to have ample space for all of our customers, but that's not always possible. Uh, you can enter the lounge three hours before your flight departure time, um, and we do really try to create and design the space in a way that there's really good use of the space. So there's nooks and crannies people can use. There's dining. Um, there's lounge areas. We also have wellness rooms. 
But the goal is really to have sufficient space um, and moments in the lounge where customers can really enjoy themselves. You see, what you should do is use the wellness room for the airline executives who, who pathetically schedule their airlines. And they can go in there and, <laughs> and meditate on why they did that. You think you could work that out for me? We'll definitely take that into consideration. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> but it would be nice if somebody did. You know, the, the real problem that, that the lounges have, and it's not just yours, it's every lounge, is that if the airlines don't schedule their, their airlines properly and with, with common sense, you know, you're going to have surge times and people just bounced off planes all the time when it's not just you, but everybody's going to have the same problem of what do you do with all these people? Yeah, so I think the great news is, you know, because of the, the data that we have as we chase travel, we do spend quite a bit of time analyzing um, our employments and when, when uh, planes are coming in and out to plan for those peak moments, right? So we do have a plan in place for the regular capacity as well as the peak capacity, and we really try to work with our guest experience so that it is a it is an enjoyable experience for all customers, irrespective of the airline that they're riding on. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, I'm an early morning flight guy for all the obvious reasons, because I don't want to be delayed. And I'll go out to LaGuardia at like 5 in the morning for a 6.30 flight, and there's a line of 90 people to get into the Delta Club, and they can never get in. I mean, it's like, you know, if you're doing your surges and you're doing your passenger flow estimates, you have to probably realize that, you know, you have your push times. And one push time is between 5.30 and 7.30 in the morning. And the other big one is between 4.30 and 6.30 in the afternoon. That's been in the airline business since Orville and Wilbur, right? Yeah, so I, 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 uh, I can't speak to the Delta lounge experience, but um, it is definitely something we take into consideration. To your point, is, you know, the airline schedules are a little bit out of our control, but, but based on the data we do have, we try to plan for those peaks and valleys and ensure that we have sufficient um, you know, staff and also experiences in place so that customers don't experience that bottleneck when they're trying to come in the lounge. So basically what's going to happen at your lounge if the airlines don't get their act together is you're going to be offering sedatives and yoga. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they'll enjoy the amazing uh, massage chairs that we have in Boston, which ah. have been a hit, and and frequently reserved, uh, one of the most reserved features of the lounge. So if you are having a, you know, experience that you need a little bit of relaxation from, definitely check out the lounge chairs in the Boston Lounge. Now, I heard a rumor, Dana, that at the Boston Club, you even have dim sum. <laughs> so we, do, we have a variety. So we have a rotating menu, right? And we have a very impressive dining experience. As I shared before, working with a local Boston chef, Douglas Williams, and he has a couple of local restaurants there, Maida and a Pizza. But we do have a rotating menu. We'll change it seasonally. And we really believe that you'll find something. Uh, everyone will find something that they enjoy. That's representative of the local Boston area. My thanks to Dana, to Larry Kukulik, and to Zach Griff. And my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news... You know the drill. Just log on to petergreenberg.com. The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of CBS News Radio. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.